Hey everyone, before we get to today's episode of the Once in Future Nerd, I've got a quick announcement. At the end of each chapter in Book 2, we're going to be holding a discussion bonus episode. For those of you who listen to The Adventure Zone, it'll be kind of like the The Adventure Zone Zone episodes, and for those of you who watch Critical Role, it will kind of be like Tox Machina. For those of you who don't watch either of those and have no idea what I'm talking about, we'll be taking Q&A questions about the plot, we'll be having some interviews with some of the cast members, and we'll be recapping and discussing the events of the previous chapter. So, if you have any comments about this chapter that you'd like to discuss, if you have any questions to ask us about the production, or to ask any of the cast members about what their characters might have been thinking during this chapter, or really anything else, just send us the question. You can use hashtag AskTOAFN on Twitter or Facebook, or you can email us, or you can use Tumblr or Reddit, any way you want to get questions to us. If it's a good question, we may read it on air. Also, we've been given some books to give away from the publishing company Inkshares, so if you have a good question, you may get a free book out of it. So send us your questions before this Saturday, April 29th, so that we have time to record the episode and release it on our regular schedule. And now back to today's episode of The Once and Future Nerd. The Once and Future Nerd depends on listeners like you for funding and for spreading the word. If you enjoy the show, please tell a friend, leave us a rating or review on iTunes, and if you are able, consider supporting us at patreon.com slash onceandfuturenerd. You shall be rewarded. The Once and Future Nerd Book 2 Myth Made Flesh Chapter 1 A Cruel and Sullied World By Christian T. Kelly Madeira Part 4 Anna and Gail had managed to get the infant back into their quarters at Bailey's Inn without raising too many eyebrows, but caring for it was already proving a headache after a mere few hours. Shh, quiet. It's all right. Gods, I thought it would have tired itself out crying by now. You try holding him. Very well. There, there. I think he's taken a liking to you. It's that beautiful voice of yours. Bailey seems to have believed our account in any case, though she's certainly not pleased. Well, I know this won't do for long. I've been thinking on it. I think I better go to Freehold. And speak with Bryce Riverfell? Or tell Miss Bailey I'm asking the General for help finding the child a permanent home, which ain't even really a lie. But a token from Miss Bailey get me an audience with him, no problem. And while you have his ear... General Riverfell met Traff the half-breed once. If ever we have a friend who knows about orcs, it's him. When must we leave? Well, I think I better go alone, don't you? Alone? I don't think it will do to subject the wee little thing to the road, so one of us will need to look after him here. And you're more like to be recognized in Freehold. But I don't know the first thing about caring for a child, let alone this one. I ain't that much to it. If he cries, either feed him... Clean his behind, or put him to bed. You can't really intend to leave me alone with it. I don't want to, but I don't see any way around it. Do you? Well, just give me a moment to think, can't you? Rather than just deciding on your own and sneaking up on me with it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry it's so sudden. But the sooner I go, 
The sooner he doesn't have to be our concern anymore. Fine, since you've made up your mind to abandon me. Forgive me, Gail. I know you are right. Only, I'm frightened. I know. I am too. But we've been in far worse danger than this before. Yes, but you've been with me for all of it. I'm realizing now, you've not been out of my sight for more than an hour since we left the keep. Saying goodbye is harder than it should be. Gail approached Anna and took her hand with great care. It's all right. It will be all right. I love you. I love you too. Our time here has been the happiest time of my life. In fact, I think it is the only time I've ever known happiness. If something happened... If you do not return to me just as soon as you can, then I shall never forgive you. Well, that won't do at all. Gail kissed Anna, but Anna pulled away after just a moment. Lately, I've felt as though I'm flying. Have you ever had a dream like that? And yet, a part of me expects to come crashing to the ground at any moment. Gods forgive me, I can't help but think this child will be the instrument of my downfall. That's why I'm going to Bryce, so it doesn't have to be ours. It's not but a few hours' ride. With the battle won, the supply trains will be running again, and Bryce's men will be back guarding the road. I'll be safe. You'd better. And you too. Keep your wits about you here. I wouldn't be leaving if I really thought he was any danger to you, but if there's any change, just stay safe, love. Yes. For you, I always will. When must you leave? I guess it depends on the supply trains. I'll have to talk to Miss Bailey. And you'll be gone overnight? Depends on the supply trains, too. But I imagine I could. Then make sure you leave time to say goodbye properly. A smile overtook Gail's slightly reddening cheeks, and she did not break her lover's gaze until she was out the door. There is one more incident I must tell you about before we return to the predicament of Queen Arona Regan and her retainers, and this one is set in a glacial cave off the southern coast of Jordan. There, he is nearly unfrozen, Maguire. Now what do you have to say? You'll recall that the necromancer Renault and the undead warrior Maguire were in the not-so-final resting place of Arden, a legendary hero of antiquity. Or at least of his corpse, which until very recently was frozen into a block of ice. Well, you know, the reanimation is the part that requires true skill. You doubt me still? Oh, never. I'm just interested to see how this turns out. Renault stood over the thawed remains of the enormous man and bowed his head, concentrating deeply. From meat we're born and to meat return, a cask of flesh our funeral urn. Ere our heart stops in its seat and cease the drum of our life's beat. How long it'll take you to beat your meat over there? I'm decomposing as we speak. Shut the fuck up, Maguire! Like tulip in a field of grass. Like bird, like bee, like snake, like ass. Behind, like ass indeed. Maguire, I swear to every god there is. A 
As unto man the gods gave breath. Listen, this dreadful thing had a few dozen verses to it. Loath as I am to speak in Renault's defense, he was attempting a very difficult spell. But I see no need to subject you to the whole sodding thing, so we'll skip to the end. By my will and might and practiced hand, I bid you wake on my command. You have a practiced hand, I'll write you fucking wanker. Maguire, shut the fuck up! Despite Maguire's goading of Renault, neither could pretend not to perceive the dread stillness that had settled around them. By now the force of these magics felt fit to tear asunder the ice and living rock. And then... Arden's eyes shot open as his every enormous muscle twitched to life. There, I have done it, Maguire. Stand, my friend. We've much to discuss. Arden the Annihilator stood to his full height, his corded, sinewy form looming over the cavern. He was a fortress unto himself. His pitch-black hair fell to his shoulders in wild, untamed locks, and his eyes burned like oil fires cutting through a blizzard. One was the blue of a summer sea, and the other, the other was the orange of a lit coal. First he looked Renault thoroughly up and down. Then he looked to Maguire and nodded something like a greeting. Maguire bowed his head low. Then Arden's fearsome gaze fell upon his hammer, where it rest upon the altar. Now our first order of business will be to avenge my recent defeat, a betrayal. There is a harlot of a sorceress who did everything she could to make me believe she loved me. And I, fool that I was, gave her my heart. But then she and three others came to the keep where I had found shelter and stole from me a great treasure from ages past. Ah, good. I see you fetched your... Maguire, could you please remove my fifth and sixth rib from my right lung, please? So how's your greatest feat yet working out for you so far? (coughs) Uh, Thank you, Maguire. Now, as for you, I gave you life and you... With this second blow, Arden had knocked Renault's jaw clear across the cave. Well then, the mighty Arden has spoken. Maguire gestured to Arden, and the two made for the egress of the cave, in quite high spirits, if truth be told. But Maguire stopped once more before leaving. I suppose I owe ye a word of thanks what for reuniting me with the Annihilator and all. Fare thee well, Renaud Esprit. If ever we cross paths again, it'll be ages too soon. But you weren't entirely useless. And Renaud blasted Desprey, never one to let the heinous mutilation of his flesh stop him from being an arse. 
clawed his way after them. It had been more than a day since Regan's return, and though her condition had not worsened, it had also not noticeably improved. The fallen queen had not stirred from where she was laying. Jen was nearing the end of her watch when... Uh, Regan? You with us? Oh my god, fuck everything. Well, bowl me over. Morning sunshine. Fuck am I? Back near Freehold, thanks to Brennan. You were out for a while. I was worried you were in a coma. Damn, I I guess you might have been. That was when the tent opened to reveal the one who would relieve Jen of her scheduled watch. Hey, uh, she's up. Welcome news indeed. When she's feeling... Son of a bitch. Regan launched herself in Yellowine's direction, but her legs betrayed her immediately. <gasps> Whoa, easy cowgirl. <sighs> Did you know, motherfucker? Know what? Come down here and talk to me if you're not a yellow piece of shit. <laughs> now, wait just a moment. You're the one with questions to answer. Okay, let's calm down before we get hurt. Uh, yeah, someone's gonna get hurt. <laughs> answer my question, you splinterful fuck. Did you know? I don't know what it is, okay, okay. you... Okay, clearly she's delirious. Just leave for now. And leave you alone with her? Send Billy. I think Sir Brennan would Billy, be Billy, okay? Just trust uh, me. Fuck you! <laughs> Stay right the fuck here and answer me! Yellowin <laughs> exercised his better judgment and departed. This only led Regan to intensify her admittedly futile pursuit. Get back here, you chicken shit. Son of a bitch. Okay, what the hell are you doing? Can we stop? Get off of me. Why don't we go lay back down before... Ow! Ow, who the fuck actually bites someone? I said, let me go. Yeah, not until your trachea heals. Come on. Up she goes. You know, it's a good thing you didn't break my skin. They haven't invented tetanus shots yet. I could have died from infection. Uh, you trying to say my mouth is dirty? Phew, gosh, never. Bite my cut. With great effort, Jen and Regan managed to get the latter's less than fully functional body back into her cot. So, uh, any explanation for why you just, uh... Look at me, Children. Children? Children and unarmed women. At least a hundred of them, maybe two. As Jen watched Regan speak, she saw something that she had never seen before on the rogue's face. <laughs> Some of the kids were still at their mom's tit. Some of the women were too old to walk. You can rest, you know. We don't have to talk about this now. Yeah, yeah we do. You're looking pretty sick. You're looking scared, and I need you focused. Yeah, I'm scared of what could make you feel sick. Well, I have a seat, girl. Are you in for a ride? Okay. A couple hundred women and children. It was a fucking massacre. The Knights of the Wood marched them half to death and shot them all to shit when they started to drop. Then they burned the bodies. That was the fire. Jesus Christ. You keep saying that. That a god where you're from? Maybe, but debatable. Hope she's a good one, because clearly ours are for shit. 
I am still just trying to process what you... Okay. A massacre. Why? Mm, search me. Leaving no one behind who'd want revenge for the battle, maybe. And they just shot them where they stood. They marched them for days. <clears throat> no food, no water. Then this one kid couldn't have a single crotch hair yet. He just collapsed, and they opened his throat right there. His mom freaks out, runs at the Lord Commander, and then they started shooting. Didn't stop until no one was moving. That's fucking sadistic. No. I almost wish it was. If Brie Latita had been cackling like a maniac or flicking herself off with some crazy evil shit like that, at least I would have known it was unusual, you know? But she just looked bored. Like a farmer wringing a chicken's neck for the thousandth time. Jen, you, you okay? What's going on? Oh, dude, she's up. Is anyone else coming? I think Nelson's following me. Hi. Hi, what's the matter? Oh, sweet. Hey, it's good to see you up. How are you feeling? Hey, doing you good? Shut the tent and sit down. Regan told me something you both should hear. Regan repeated her tale once more. I'm skipping it. Not because I think you should be spared the brutality, mind you, but because it'll never be said in Jordan that I lacked a good sense of pacing. Holy shit. Are you sure? Regan shot Billy a look that could have melted moon silver. Okay, okay, fine. But why, though? I don't know. I always knew elves were pieces of shit under all the jewels, but I never knew it was like this. Oh. Oh, Nelson, you dumbass. How did I miss that? No one is always chaotic evil. Regan, the jewels in Jordan are, are mined in the Black Mountains, right? Most of them, yeah. The same place where the orcs are from, and the elves have a buttload of jewels. And they use them to keep all the little lords and ladies eaten from their hands. That's why they're killing them. It's a resource grab. Telling everybody they're savages just makes them easy to kill. You know, like the exact same pattern that's happened a million times over that I didn't fucking see. Be fair to yourself, Nelson. We didn't see it either. Just because it happened in Lord of the Rings or something doesn't- I'm not doesn't... talking about Lord of the Rings. I'm talking about Africa, America, Nazi Germany, the Middle East, everything my parents ever taught me about. Whoosh, right over my head. I never met an orc, I, I, and I just believed everything their enemies said about them. But we did meet orcs, dude. They were the ones marching up on us with an army of death metal wizards. What would you do if you were them? I'm just saying, it's not like we have no reason to think they're savages or whatever. I mean, imagine if you knew the elves were slaughtering your children. Wouldn't you be mad enough to... Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus, ever-loving Christ. What? We helped the elves do it. Those women and children they killed were the families of the armies we fought. We killed a lot of them. I was just so excited to be a hero for once, and I, I didn't stop and think. I didn't even ask who was telling stories. For all we know, orcs are just people who, who, who look different. I don't know about that, but I know what a grieving mother looks like, and that's what I saw. Screw me, dude. Screw all of us, but screw me first. My parents... My parents even tried to warn me in my dream. You done flogging yourself yet? Cause whatever you should have shouldn't have figured out, you ain't no fucking splinter pole and you didn't pull those triggers. So how's about we kill that smug motherfucker just walked out of here, tie his little nuts up in a golden ribbon and send them right back to his rich bitch parents? Whoa, 
Gillian? No. No way. You want to get serious with these splints or not? Okay. First, you are in no shape to be killing anyone right now. And second, I'm pretty sure Yellowween didn't know about this. Yeah, Weenie's a dick, but he's never been a monster. I know he wasn't there, and I'm not saying he's a monster, but are you sure he had no clue about this? I mean, you heard the way his parents talk about humans. Imagine what they think of orcs. Yeah, we need to talk to him. But can we at least try to keep the peace until he's had a chance to explain himself? Wait, peace for who? For those dead kids? For us, Nelson, for the four friends we have in this entire world to not be trying to kill each other? How's that? I can't believe you're gonna put your comfort over saving people's lives. Comfort? Are you fucking serious, bro? Yeah, and I know. I spent all of high school trying to lay low and fit in because it was more comfortable than telling people to act right, but fuck that. Some shit cannot stand. Come on, Jen. What happened to the person who killed the child molester? Where is she, huh? Where's she at? I am all for kicking righteous ass, okay? But we can't kick anything if we're dead. And right now, we're three kids and an ICU patient against the entire world. Hey, I'll kick your fuck. <laughs> kick your fucking ass. <laughs> My point exactly. And yeah, I did stab that guy. I've done a lot of shit since I got here, including electrocuting orcs six at a time. We're saying the same thing, Nelson. We should have used our brains a second before going to war. That's all I'm suggesting now. I don't think starting with Yellowween is the right move. I think maybe we start with- Is she all right? Nia entered just then. Mortals do have this uncanny ability to enter a room just as they're becoming the subjects of conversation. I came as fast as I could. Yulewin said she was having some kind of fit. I don't know. She seems okay now. I think waking up was probably just a little weird. To be sure. May I feel your head? You can feel my... Regan? Ah, fine if you must. She's helping you. No fever? That's good. I didn't mean nothing, Nia. Just not used to being fond, Opa. Well, then you've an incentive to rest up so you can heal soon. But in the meantime, I'm afraid you'll be unable to administer your own medical care. So here we are. I'd like to change the dressing on your burn. Do you have any pain there? Fuck yes, I do. That actually bodes well. It means the flesh is healing and not rotting. Lovely. Hey, now that you mention it, why am I not impressively drunk right now? Because you're barely getting enough air in your lungs as it is? Indeed. If you were to, say, accidentally overindulge, it could be very dangerous. I've picked some willow bark for oh, you to- bite me. Fucking tree bark? You want me to eat tree bark? No. It can be made into a tea. May I have your hand? I don't know. You any good in the sack? Yes, very clever. Come on. You want to keep it, don't you? Resigned, Regan held out her hand to Nia as if to say, get on with it. Somebody look me in the eyes and tell me that tea will not taste like you strained piss water through a farm and small clothes. Yeah, exactly. It will numb the pain, somewhat. Listen, I've broken bones before, but not without a good stiff drink. If I gotta stick this out with nothing but some shitty tea, I'm gonna open my own wrists. Oh yeah? With whose hand, drama queen? Your mother's if she'll pull it out of me for 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. yep. Now where's the whiskey? Now then, let's have a look at... Oh, gods. At the sight of Regan's palm, Nia went white, bordering on green. What? Shit, is that? it infected? No, 
Uh, I'm sorry. The, the scar just startled me. We talked about scars before, Professor. All live. Just the shape of it took me aback. What did you say you burned it on? It felt like a rock. I'm sure it was. Must be just one of those cruel coincidences, I'm sorry to say. Why? What have I got? Big old cock and balls burned into my hand? Jen, Nelson, would you take a look, please? Have I gone mad at long last, or does that look like... Oh, holy shit. They looked, and there, red and raw and clear as day in Regan's living flesh, was the grisly visage of a skull, by its size an infant's. What exactly were the circumstances of this fire? The Once and Future Nerd is directed by Christian T. Kelly Madeira. It is created and executive produced by Zach Glass and Christian T. Kelly Madeira, and co-executive produced by Jess Kelly Madeira. Alex Story and Ryan Cushman are associate producers. It is performed by... Rhiannon Angel. Garrett Arman. Dan Dobransky. Anya Gibeon. Ian Harkins. Paul Notis. Juliet Prather. Frank Quares. Julie Reed. Gregory M. Schultz. Production audio recording by Jared Paul, with help this chapter by Robert Don. Editing by Josh Perot and Christian T. Kelly Madeira. Mixing and sound design by Pedro Tarago and Miguel Patriota. Tom Lee is our musical director and lead composer, with additional scoring by Chris Montalbo. For more, visit onceandfuturenerd.com or find us on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, or Reddit. Oh.